If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Hello everyone, I've got the pleasure of introducing you today to Debbie Burgermeister, who started a charity on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. The name of her charity is focused around horses and it's called Giddy Up Gold Coast. So Debbie's come from a corporate background and brings in a wealth of knowledge into the horse industry, but she's still well qualified as an instructor, both in the education field and the Equestrian Australia field. She's been involved in mental health and also been involved in small business. So with this unique combination, she's created this charity, which we're going to talk to her about. And I think Debbie's favourite quote is, Debbie, tell me a little bit about your favourite quote. Live life to the fullest, I think, sums up everything that I try to achieve now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So basically just, yeah, looking on the positive of everything. Okay, that's great, Debbie. And you're saying, you know, it is good. It's a very good quote. When did you first start and what inspired you to have this as your favourite quote? Well, I suppose I've been running my writing school for 10 years and probably about two years ago when I got a redundancy in the corporate world and went, right, horse, the, that's it, that's my passion, that's what I'm going to really focus on. You know, this is this is what I love to do and mm-hmm. um I'm going to try to just live with my horses and help others. So that's, and I realized why I have horses and what they mean in my life and what I'd like them to mean in other people's life. Great. Okay. That's a very good one. So not only are you living life to the fullest, you're teaching others to live life to the fullest. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Debbie, tell me about, because I know you've been involved with Polo Cross as well. How did you start with horses? So what are your first memories of, you know, having horses or riding or, or you tell me? Yeah, little white Shetland called yep. Beauty. Pretty much <laughs> her from two years old. And, yes, I was born into a horse family. Mm-hmm. Never never remember not knowing how to ride. So, yes, we went through pony club, showing, camp drafting, every, nearly every sport. But Polaros is the one that... We've already always stuck with and played for 30 years and my dad's 70 and still plays. Mm. Um, Debbie, you, you lived in Sydney and I know you were involved with the Olympics and the Royal Easter Show. Tell me a little bit about the Olympic Games opening ceremony and what your part was in performing in there. Yeah, the 2000 Olympic Games, we just saw an ad in, I think, Australian Stock Horse magazine for Olympic fillers, mm-hmm. and uh, you didn't know what it was for, so you had to go and audition and show how well you could connect with your horse and you could ride one-handed, carry a flag, go over things on the ground and how well you could ride, but also your horse relationship as well. And then they picked 200 riders across Australia and mm-hmm. we had two to three boot camps at Scone and then they culled it down to 120 
which was how many of us were in the opening ceremony. And, uh, yeah, it was the most exhilarating experience I've ever had. I mean, living in Sydney was very hyped and fun at the time and mm, mm. it was very hush-hush what the opening ceremony was going to be and we, <laughs> we had to practice from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. every night leading up to the opening ceremony for two weeks. Mm, mm. Oh, Debbie, I know it was hush-hush. I actually volunteered at the Sydney Olympics and I had tickets to the pre-show. You know, not the Olympic, oh. not not the opening ceremony, the pre-show, yep. and we did. The pre-show we... was probably the best one. I heard that. <laughs> the crowd was amazing. Yeah, yeah, and we were told we weren't allowed to. Um, we couldn't tell anyone. We couldn't talk to anyone. We couldn't tell even anyone that was outside those people that were there, we couldn't talk to them about it. Even my cousin, we were staying at my cousin's place, we weren't allowed to tell them anything that was there or, yeah, yeah, so it was very hush-hush. And what about the (laughs) Royal Easter Show, the Stockman's Ride performer? Yeah, that was fantastic. So after the opening ceremony, William sponsored a Stockman's Row. Mm-hmm. It was similar to the ceremony reenactment, and a lot of the opening ceremony performers pretty much got reinvited to do that. And it was the same thing, a smaller scale, but you know, a bit more fun and excitement to it. It was mm-hmm. a little bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, yeah, and um, it was it was fantastic as well. <laughs> All right, Debbie, tell me now about your charity, Giddy Up Gold Coast, which is a name I absolutely love. It just explains that it's a fun horse, it still tells you it's a Gold Coast. How did you come up with that name? Oh, I was actually at the uh, Sport and Recreation Centre in town and we were just chatting about uh, grassroots sport yes. and I was telling them how I'd love to set up a charity to really promote grassroots and focus on mental health with horses and my guy that developed this team started Park Run Gold Coast and yeah he came up with it and it just kind of stuck and that's what it gave that feeling of fun and it's very clear of what it's mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And how long's the charity been running now? Two years now. Okay. So what what gave you the idea to have this specialisation within the horse industry? Yeah, um, having the riding school for so long and being a horse riding business is really hard and tough. And mm. I sort of questioned, is it worthwhile? Should I, you know, keep going? Expenses are huge. Uh, a lady probably, when I started the riding school, her advice was don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so because of the, it's very hard industry. And there's always something going wrong with a horse and vet bills are huge, um, vaccinations, et cetera, which people don't see that on business. But then I sort of went, well, why do I have the business? And, you know, that amazing feeling, I'm so blessed to have horses and so many people don't have horses, so many people love them and I really would like to share it. I've had the most amazing life experiences And one of my young girls wrote me a letter when she left. She was a student. Then she helped at stables and gone off to uni now. And the letter just broke my heart. It was just amazing. And the story she wrote in it about what she learnt with me about life and Mm -hmm. about herself. Yeah, that's, that's why I have horses, to share that feeling of freedom and feeling absolutely just switched off from the busyness and of our world, the technology, you know. And mental health is a massive issue in our society with 20% of Australians having mental health issues. It's huge. And 
because of the uniqueness of horses, I thought, no, that that's why I've, I've got my business now. It's great to promote the grassroots of horse riding, but I really want to help our communities and our schools with programs that can make a difference, something that I want to make a difference. Mm, a lot mm. of people, you know, want to do that in life. Yeah, I can see here that your mission's to improve mental health in our community and reduce technology addiction through the charity Giddy Up Gold Coast running horse day programs for schools and community groups. So, yeah, you're doing, yeah. A, you're doing a great job. Mm. Yeah, and I work with King's Christian College nearby and we've run some some good days with their students from the tra- chaplain area with kids that just struggle with a similar social skills and mm-hmm. feeling confident in life. So, yeah, it's a, it's such an amazing thing to put kids through if we can. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone wants to start a charity, start a charity with horses or even start in the horse industry, what do you think are three core skills and three core skills that you had when you first started that's kept you going and um, been able to make you successful? What, what do you think, or, you know, the core skills that they need? Yeah, I think obviously loving horses is one because mm-hmm. it's such a hard job. You've got to love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And also you've got to be a business person. You really do have to make some hard decisions and that's probably where early days I didn't make mm-hmm. hard enough decisions and struggled. So really do have to have that business mind and business knowledge and I suppose from the, the charity and having a network around you is massive where you can work with others. Mm-hmm. Applying for grants is a real skill. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time. So having the skills in that or someone around you that can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Because with a charity, really, it's grants that can help you work with the community if you can go to them with something. Mm-hmm. So building a network and working with others, not by yourself. Okay. Not- okay. That's good. Now say someone's got charity, they're doing okay. What's going to make them the best? And, you know, I know that you're saying you were on your way to becoming, you know, excelling at it, really, really excelling at it. What do you think there are the skills that you need or the keys? Communication. I think that's sort of in life really, but mm-hmm. Especially building relationships, being a very personable person, you really have to, because you're you're a charity for a reason. You want to work with others. You want to work and help the community. So you really need to be able to build relationships and have that willingness to. I love the saying, you know, what comes around goes around. So yep. you know, if you you're you're good in yourself and you in your heart and you can do the best that you can, whether it comes back equally to you, but yes. it will come back one day to you. Mm-hmm. We learned that very much. So when we had 25-week Premier Twins and, oh, gosh, the, the help we had there for three months while we were in hospital from our stable hands. and yeah, That's great, everyone to, mm-hmm. to Yeah, that lived in our house and looked after the horses while we <laughs> in hospital. So, yeah, probably that what go, it comes around goes around just, mm-hmm. you know, do the best you can, we'll come back one day. And how old are your twins now, Debbie? Oh, they're seven. Mm, mm, okay. So they keep you pretty busy as well. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's interesting that you're saying communication, building relationships. It sort of flows on from the core skills you need to then going on to the keys that you need to excel as well. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, tell me about a person who's influenced you and um, help you learn more about horses. 
Firstly, definitely my dad. Mm -hmm. We grew up doing a lot of string on horses, just a lot of time in the saddle where you can chat and you can work through things with your horses. And then being able to break in my horse at a young age with my dad who could guide me. That's probably one big thing with horses as well is having that person that completely guide you when Mm. you're doing something with horses. You can read books to know tomorrow, but you've got to have that person who can help you because horses are so risky if you don't know what you're doing. So, Especially breaking in horses oh, at a young age. You know, that's a big yeah. step. And if you haven't got someone to guide and yeah. mentor you, you can end up in a lot of trouble. Yeah, so that's good to yeah, keep us well, around. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of people do end up in a lot of trouble when they mm. do things first off. Mm. So, mm. yeah, my, my dad's been massive and... Um, and then putting me through really good, I've been in a very good pony club growing up. And, you know, for, for jumping lessons, I had an amazing jumping instructor. And then through work experience, I got the pleasure of working under a German lady at Bellingen, Ursula Lees, who worked me very hard, but, you know, gave me a lot of great skills with the um the German writing as well. So I had some wonderful people influence my training career. Mm-hmm. And then moving more onto the, the, um, the, you know, as time's gone by, things have got softer with horses. So that's where Monty Roberts kind of inspired me with his books and his shows mm-hmm. that he did mm-hmm. in Sydney. Okay. Yeah. You're going to listen to, it's not out yet, but you'll listen to a previous episode with Monty Roberts. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Make sure you listen to that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about horses? Have you got horse that influence you? I know about your pony beauty. Obviously had a big influence being your first pony, but after that. Yeah, I had another pony after that. But then when I was nine, I've got a pony called Cassie. She was a quarter horse, 13-3 hand pony. And she had a lot of spice. She was on, and uh, I've got, thrown off many a time but she taught me so much she was perfect in everything she did we could win a hack class and then we could go win a sporting race and a jumping competition and the best on the polo cross field in my junior days so I've got oodles of ribbons and trophies from that pony and and then the most amazing things I used to do is that I have a strong memory of is just going for a ride on the property down to the river and sitting on a big granite rock and <laughs> overlooking the river and taking my art book down and drawing and chatting to her for hours on end. And that's probably a very special memory I have on my own with my horse. And I think that's with your horses there, the memories that you have when you've mm, got that mm. just one-on-one Mm. And they're, they're good listeners, aren't they? They're never going to argue. They, they just they just listen. They'll listen for hours. Yep. 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 The best in the okay. world. Yeah. And they'll keep it a secret. You know, you can tell them yes. the deepest secrets and they'll never, ever tell. Yep, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Best, best for teenagers. Yep, yep. All right. Yep. Uh, now, you've done quite a lot. You've, you know, ridden in the opening ceremony at, at Brisbane. You've played polo cross all around all over the place you've ridden you know in Sydney Royal at the Royal Easter show what's your proudest moment with horses I probably would say the Olympic opening ceremony for sure Mm -hmm. that would probably have to be the biggest buzz I guess and then probably the um I suppose when you're talking proud with my horse riding school when the 
ran a massive big Christmas party and the seeing the the perform we put on a musical ride performance by the Olympics. Um, uh, we did a students musical ride and a staff musical ride and all mm-hmm. dressed up and watching my students do that it was just beautiful. And recently I taught my seven year old daughter with a girlfriend of hers to do a little ride routine and just watching <laughs> the achievement of that. It's just beautiful. Mm, mm, that's great. All right. Now, a training tip for people to improve their handling and riding skills. What's a tip for them to improve their own skills? I think for starters, mentally, you've got to be right with horses. Mm-hmm. You've got to be strong and you have to be confident. So if if you're going to go far with horses, mm-hmm. you definitely need to have that confidence, that passion, and you have to want it like any sport. You've got to really want it and be able to conquer your fears and be able to stand strong with a horse because they are such a big Hannibal. The only way you're going to stay safe with a horse is to be able to be have that mental confidence and strength. And then physically, you need to develop that strength to be able to ride properly. So I used to stand every day for about five minutes on a brick with my ankles on the ground, my toes up on the brick, mm-hmm. just to get that stretch in my ankles and my calves. So I suppose that's the thing that makes your riding a lot easier when you've got that length. Secure lower leg. leg. So, yep, yep. Yeah, so that was probably the, the physical thing <laughs> for sure. What about if you've got a tip for someone who's – you know, maybe not the most confident rider that would like to gain more confidence with their riding. What would you say to them? I mean, for riding at saddle time, just getting hours or, yeah, or doing handling. something. Yep. Yep. So handling the, I think, yeah, the, I was actually talking to my husband about that last night. So the biggest challenge with my students is confidence. Mm-hmm. It's until that's conquered, it's really hard to move someone forward. So... I had an example just on Saturday, actually. It was just such a heartwarming thing. A week ago, I said, righto. She she just um, was struggling. And I said, okay, every night you're going to go home before you go to sleep. You're going to shut your eyes and picture yourself doing this activity. So we were Mm. trying to learn to canter. So she did that. And when she turned up on Saturday, oh, my gosh, she was (laughs) a totally different young girl. And I had a cantering with no stirrups on mm, this horse. That, that's that was, great. Her dad was so encouraging. So, yeah, and, and we at the stables, we do a lot of helping with the mm. stable work. So just being around the horses, helping them feed up, leading horses. I think it's just being around the horse. If you've got that opportunity to have someone that you can go and just be around, mm, mm. don't have to handle the horses, just be around them more and then move towards being able to do more stuff with them. I was going to say the visualisation technique, it's absolutely brilliant. It's one that's used not just by teaching little tricks like, you know, how to canter, but it's used by, you know, top athletes. I mean, you always visualise a test before you go and do it. You always visualise a a jumping course or an eventing course before you go out, you know. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's a very good technique. What about a training tip to use for people to use with horses? Now, it it may be that they could use this on a couple of different horses, but just something um, that they could use a tip to use across a couple of different horses, something that you've you've got a a special tip or a special technique or a special warm-up exercise that you like to use? Probably the biggest thing has been for me is 
being in the Western world and having the English and the Western writing techniques, um, I learned a lot from Scott Keogh where just really getting back to basics and working on the four parts of your horse. Mm -hmm. So understanding the neck, the shoulders, the ribs, the back legs. Mm -hmm. Something I've seen a lot in people with horses is horses getting very hard in the mouth and especially school horses, so they get so so many mixed signals. But a lot of people have horses that they really do struggle to pull up. And the softening of the back legs is a huge skill. If that's worked on daily with your own horse, can make such a difference in when you're riding your horse to them, responding, I suppose, is that it, getting the horse to respond to you nicely mm-hmm. and loosening up their back legs. And it's a very simple little exercise of walking along a fence line and turning towards the fence and pushing their hind legs away from them and loosening mm-hmm. up their hind legs. Um, so probably understanding each part of the horse a little bit better when you're riding them is how do you make that part of the horse soften? Mm-hmm. Um, before you go and do whatever activity you're trying to do with your horse. Yeah, and using the parts individually, not just Mm, turning but thinking about each of the different parts, yeah. Yeah, warm-up exercise people don't do enough of, Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. All right. Now, have you got a book for our listeners that you'd like to recommend? Yeah, so um, that's probably been part of my passion is to – Horse Lover Beginners. So I wrote a book called GG Talks, Horse Riding Lessons for Beginners. Mm -hmm. And it's a great starting ground to be able to work through your horse riding. So it's not just a a theory book. It's a book that steps you through each step of your horse journey on how to do things Mm -hmm. and gives you a workbook as well. And at the back, I've got a lot of parents that have always asked me, what's next? What's the next step? (laughs) What's the the development plan? Um, And in the back of that book, I have that outline for parents. So it's a great parents' guide as well so they know what their child should be achieving so that they are developing. Um, So, yeah, a really good partnership book for the child and the parent. Mm -hmm. And if people want a copy of this, Debbie, how can they get a copy? Yeah, they can simply email if they like mm-hmm. or they can go to the website and purchase. Yep. So at the moment, that book can be found on any bookstore, Amazon, um, and then our website, um, yeah, they can And what's, what's the website? To, go to. Yeah, so they can go to, and this is um, something that's getting bigger and better, but mm-hmm. uh, at the moment, so it's Horse Riding Hub com.au Good. All right. And if they want to email info at horseridinghub.com.au. Horse okay. Debbie, what does your future hold now? What are you looking forward to? What projects are you working on? With the mental health, working on getting connections with schools and trying to work on getting more funding so I can go to schools with funding mm-hmm. to put more kids through our programs. Mm-hmm. And my biggest passion, helping people get started right with all the very basics when they want to move into the horse world of learning mm-hmm. to ride horses. So the horse riding hub.com.au is about that. Mm-hmm. It's a membership program where you get the book included in your membership. You get a free lesson at your local center and there's real time online availability for you to just book and pay. So it's about making that start with the horses easy mm-hmm. and being very informative and education for the grassroots of our sport. 
Good, good. All right. Now, just if you'd like to sum up a lesson today so people can take it away. Something that I can, uh, I suppose, inspires me is learning to have a relationship with your horse. Mm-hmm. And it can't just be on the ground. You've got to have that relationship on their back as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are very fearful of riding their horses. So, um, yeah, it's having that all-round connection with your horse. Good. I think that's really it. Okay. All right. That's a great lesson. And how can people contact you? Yeah, the info at horseridinghub.com.au or they can give us a call anytime on 075-666-7468 and then you'll always get the call answered if I'm busy and then they can give you um, my mobile to get through to me if needed. No worries. And we'll have those details on the show notes as well at horsechats.com. All right. Thanks very much, Debbie. Good to talk to you. Thanks, Glenna. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 